Welcome back to the Amkiss podcast brought to you by the Bonjour Agency. This is the podcast where we speak to people in the independent school sector. Amkiss is the Association for Admissions, Marketing and Communications in Independent Schools. I'm Simon Jones and in this episode we're celebrating Black History Month with three fantastic guests. Sabrina Muttar is the Head of Marketing at St. James's Schools. We have Susan Fontenelle. She's Head of Admissions at Queen Anne School in Caversham. But we're also joined by Chanel Root, Digital Marketing Coordinator at Crossfield School in Reading. We get to talk to them about how each of them came to work at their schools, what Black History Month looks like where they work, who their role models are, whether they think it makes a difference in the workplace if you're a person of colour, and we talk about other things in between. This is a lovely episode, not just because it's Black History Month, but also because we have three amazing people with us. And they're amazing, of course, every month of the year. So come with me now as we speak to Sabrina, to Susan and to Chanel. Sabrina and Susan, welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you both doing today? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Fine. We're well, thank you. Excellent. Well, it's great to have you both with us. Uh, it's a busy time of the year, of course. The awesome time is always a busy time. Tell me, Sabrina, first of all, tell me a little bit about what's been going on in your world. What's happening in school? What's happening in school this week? What what, what your day looks like today? Oh, my goodness. So today, actually, it's quite a big, big day for me. I'm meeting with um, the chair of trustee and the COO of St. James Schools to present to them um, our new website, which is currently under development. And also we're looking at brand identity. So we're looking at evolving St. James Schools. And it's been a project I've been working on pretty much since I arrived. And uh, it's exciting. So signing off on some of those elements and discussing that further. So very big day for me. And St. James's schools, that's plural, of course. So that's the boys' school and the girls' school. Is that right? It's more than that. So we've actually got three schools at St. James. Um, two of them are based in London. So we have a prep and nursery school. And we have the senior girls' school on site in Ersby Street. And then the boys' school is in 33 acres in Ashford in Surrey. Lovely. Okay, brilliant. Thank you for that quick summary. That's awesome. And, and a very quick question as well. Your surname, Moutard, that sounds very French to me. Aha, oui, oui, oui. You are correct. <laughs> it is very French. <laughs> I am Mrs. Mustard. And for our listeners, you may or may not know this. Well, you definitely won't know this. I'm actually wearing a mustard yellow jacket. <laughs> so I'm very on brand. <laughs> very Excellent. on brand. But, but, but are you French at all? Is there any element of French in you? I'm actually not, believe it or not. So my husband um, is is a quarter Italian. Um, his father is British. And um, tracing back his ancestry line, um, they traced it way back to Can- French Canadians, Red Indians. And uh, so wow. I know, I know it's quite... It's quite remarkable, but I guess from my perspective and and something that I look at on a daily basis and and consider in my life is that we're all just one big cultural melting pot, essentially, Mm. Um, you know, and uh, isn't it isn't that a wonderful world that we live in, that we can be so diverse and, and just intermixed in that way. It's a wonderful world. You're you're absolutely right, Sabrina. Susan, tell me a bit about your world and tell me a little bit about Queen Anne School in Caversham as well. Okay, so we're all girls. We're 11 to 18. Um, we're on 35-acre site in Caversham, which is just outside Reading. So we've been really busy. We've had an open morning. We've had uh, various tours. I'm getting ready for tomorrow for one of our small group tours. Um, we've, we're also getting ready for our assessment day for the 11-plus entry for that's on next Saturday. So we're quite busy. I feel that this term we've been running really quite fast and... Uh, 
yeah, <laughs> it's been quite full on. But um, but yeah, we I I you know it's something that I really enjoy. I I love the job. So um, yeah, I don't mind. I've got a good team behind me as well that work with me. It sort of feels quite strange saying that it's a busy term because that sort of indicates that spring term and summer term aren't very busy. Of course, schools seem to be busy <laughs> twelve months of the year. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, well, marketing and admissions, right? Yes, yes, Just, yes. You never stop. No, yeah. it's fifty-two no. week a year job. Yeah, right? exactly. Sabrina, tell me a little bit more about that. How did you get into this wonderful world of school admissions and marketing in the first place? Ah, great question. So um, I've I've had a quite a long career in in marketing, and back in the day, and sort of start to show my age now, um, when the internet was called New Media, and there was Trade Press called New Media Age. So I've always sort of had an online digital um, focus to my career, and I've worked across multiple industries and sectors: music and entertainment, automotive, and so on. Um, but essentially, as a family, we moved to um, the Middle East back in two thousand and eleven. So I, um, I pretty much hung around the school gates um, just to kind of build community and, and, and learn um, and, and sort of immerse myself in the culture. And I started volunteering in my children's um, primary school. So Dubai English Speaking School, which is the oldest British school in Dubai. Um, and to cut a very long story short, I ended up um, studying a diploma in supporting teaching and learning. And so I've got three and a half years experience in the classroom at Key Stage 2. Um, and then I decided to combine that knowledge um, with marketing. And so I went back to be a marketing director for a communications agency out in, in the Middle East. Um, and I had this great vision that I would bring along a quite a few different education and schools clients onto my portfolio and would luck have it actually that didn't happen <laughs> I had every every sector except for educa education um, but I, I then came back to the UK in 2020 so Covid sort of brought us back as a family and um, I then moved to sort of bridge the two together and I, I, I did a one-year maternity contract at Rygate Grammar School which was an amazing opportunity and platform for me before then um, taking up the position of head of marketing at St. James School. So that's really how I found myself in, in this wonderful um, industry. And I imagine that eight, nine years in Dubai, you probably saw quite a few changes, especially in the expansion of the city when you were out there. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, again, to sort of coin the phrase that I've already mentioned about a cultural melting pot, Dubai truly is one of those cities um, that the UAE, um, Emiratis themselves are a minority in their own land. And actually, it's something like maybe like, I think it's approximately like 4% um, actually live in the UAE and the rest are as diverse and as cultural as, as as coming from many different places and so actually sort of education wise from from a family perspective from my children for us all together as a family it, it, it was an incredible opportunity to meet lots of different people um, and experience a lot and as you say change so that the city itself evolves at a, a rate of knots it's incredible actually um and it was just, it was a great opportunity and I, and I really value and appreciate that I had that chance. And I, mm. I would recommend that to anybody actually now. I sort of was very much had myself in a box and my life is great in the UK. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mentality. But I'm, I'm really thankful and glad that, that we stepped outside the box um, mm. because I'm much, we're a much richer family and I'm a much richer professional as a result of it too. 
Well, they often say, don't they, that all growth is outside the comfort zone. So we, sometimes you've got to step out that outside mm. of that comfort zone in order to experience mm. that growth. Um, Susan, tell me a bit about Absolutely. yourself and, and how you ended up in the in the world of admissions and, and marketing. And I, I'm thinking as well that you that you studied for the AMCIS diploma in admissions management, didn't you? I did. I did do that. But before that, prior to that, I was in catering. I left school. I went to catering college. I was catering manager. I worked for years as a catering manager. Um, when I had my children, I got very involved in, um, you know, the parent uh, staff, you know, association. And um, it was when, when my youngest daughter was at school, I really, really got involved on the committee. And I thought, oh, actually, I'd quite like to work in a school. You know, we organised a, a ball. I remember that. That was really, really great. And that made me look at uh, sort of working in a school. So I kind of volunteer in between. And, mm. um, and from that, I went to work. I still didn't get into, into working for school. I went to work for a textile company and then um, a wine company, always in sales, always sort of at the forefront dealing with, with people because uh, it was something I loved. And, and you know, I just enjoy meeting different people and talking to them. And mm. then an opportunity. So we moved to Maidenhead from East London and an opportunity at, a local prep school saw, you know, and I thought, well, I'm going to try for that. And I got mm -hmm. it and it opened my eyes to a whole different industry. So there I was, I wore many, many hats. I was doing admissions, a bit of marketing. Um, you know, there were two of us in the office, a bit of head to PA, <laughs> a bit of everything. And mm -hmm. um, from there, I've, I discovered Queen Anne's and, and moved here. And I started at Queen Anne's six years ago, initially as an admissions officer, um, mainly sort of dealing mainly with internationals and agents and things like that. And then I moved um, 18 months ago, I, head of admissions left and I went for the role mm -hmm. and I got it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I, Amazing. It's I really finally enjoy, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's really good to hear that. Really good to hear that. Um, now, looking at Black History Month, there are some amazing resources for schools and, and, you know, featuring some very powerful role models. I'm wondering if either of you two had any role models when you were growing up or, or even now, actually. Well, I I actually read a lot, um, and I'm I'm a bookstagrammer in 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 the in the world of Instagram. Sorry, bookstagrammer, you got to tell us what that's all about. So on 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 Instagram, there is a wonderful, diverse community of people who celebrate a love of reading. So mm -hmm. um, can I do a little plug, Simon? So if you want to come and check plug out away. what I'm about, okay, um, it's at Read with Sabs on Instagram, and I, I essentially blog and talk about books that I really enjoy and 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 so on and we it's a great community and I discovered it back in 2020 in fact I had a book club in Dubai for four years and then I thought actually I'm going to talk about what we what we read and and what we enjoy um through that but actually so a lot of inspiration for me comes from through literature um, and if I want to sort of talk about Black History Month and specifically reference somebody from a literary perspective, I'd probably say um, Bernadine Evaristo is probably one of a really, really powerful, inspirational British woman who's achieved a lot. And, um, and, and you may be familiar with her book, Girl, Woman, Other. Another favourite of mine is Mr. Loverman um, that she wrote. Um, but I could give you 
tons more recommendations. Um, a woman who uh, has written an incredible memoir called, is a lady called Edna Adan Ismail. And she wrote a book called A Woman of Firsts. And uh, she talks about her experience in Somaliland. And uh, it's, a, it's a really, really powerful read. Um, so I'm going to mention her as someone who's an inspiration. And again, um, Michelle Obama, her, her, mm, her memoir, yeah. Becoming... Um, Susan, have you read that? Yeah, you, I have. It's yeah. brilliant, it's, it's isn't a, it? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing and, uh, so, absolutely. So yeah. those last two obviously aren't British black women, <laughs> but essentially they are they both are really, really powerful and inspiration yeah. to me, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it, it would seem like a little bit backward, I, I think, to have a podcast on, on Black History Month to talk about role models and not to include Michelle Obama. I, I, I think it's, she, she's a great name to include, of course. Uh, Susan, tell me more mm, about, about mm. your role models then. So, so I've got, well, one of them is, is my mum because my mum's part of the Windrush generation. My parents are part of the Windrush generation. They came here. And I think about my mum who, when she tells her story, you know, we've got, she's got great grandchildren now. She tells a story of being 21, coming here with my little brother six months on a boat mm. to a country that she knew nothing about, um, wow. you know, for six weeks on a boat and arriving mm. in Gosh. New York and seeing snow and thinking, what is this? <laughs> you know, they came from, mm. my parents came from St. Lucia, a tiny small island, you know, and she came here, no relatives, and, you know, she built a life and, you mm. know, she's paved the way for us, you know, she mm. to achieve. She's paved the way for her grandchildren and now her, grand, her great grandchildren. And she is real mm. inspiration in our family. You know, she's just known as Granny. Everybody calls her Granny. And I have mm. to mention her. But beside her, I've got um, Dame Elizabeth Animaru, who um, she paved with uh, two of my children both have sickle cell. Um, I have thalassemia trait myself, and she is an inspirational nurse that has paved the way for the treatment of sickle cell and thalassemia in this country. You know, so I I have to put my hand up to her because it's you know the healthcare is really important to me for my my two my two daughters. So yeah, amazing, Susan. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, I'd love to take it into the independent school sector for a moment, because we we know that within the independent school sector, it is pretty ethnically diverse regarding the pupils in the sector. However, by its own admission, it's a, it's a different matter when it comes to staff, in particular senior leadership teams in schools. Do you think that there are challenges for you as black women working in this environment? I'm going to say I don't. I don't see it as a challenge. Not in my role and not, not what I'm doing currently, um, I don't. And actually, when I look at the bursary office here at St. James, we are incredibly diverse and represented. Um, mm. And so I, and, and I think it, it probably is rare, <laughs> but, uh, but mm. essentially um, it's, it's not been an issue for me at all. Mm. I sort of disagree. I think it is a challenge. I think, especially when Queen Anne's is on the edge of Reading, which is, Reading's quite diverse, quite multicultural, but it doesn't reflect in the school body. You know, I'm one of well, two people of colour that work in the school, or the fact there's three of us, you know, that doesn't reflect in the area that the school is, you know, if you go to other places, if you go deep into Reading, if you if you went into maybe IT, an IT company in Reading, you'd see it quite a different, diverse. Well, it, it doesn't reflect out. So, so yes, I would say that in certain areas, maybe in London, it's slightly different. But I think when you're out of London, yes, it 
there is there we are very thin on the ground yeah I'm not disagreeing with you Susan either by the way um I just think I'm in a very unique situation Mm. currently in my role um but essentially is that representative across the board in our industry in our sector I mean I've attended the AMCIS conference Mm. um earlier this year and I I very much was a minority and then um in in that and so don't don't mis- misrepresent what I'm saying here. I just no. think in my direct team and, and in terms of management structure where I'm working, we are represented. But I think that is a rare yeah. a rare entity. Mm, I agree. It is, but and but there is a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And um and I, and I'm very much and I'm sure as you are, Susan, quite keen to to see how we can and build on that Mm. and have more conversations about it. But if you look at sort of direct SLT heads of schools in the independent education sector from Scotland right the way down to Penzance, absolutely we're a minority. Um, You know, I don't wanna sort of misrepresent what I was saying. absolutely and and that and that should change and actually I read a stat um and it was on social media um and it was in relation to Black History Month and I think it was something like only um 21 percent of black women are professors in education Mm. um so if we just take that stat for example so away from management in in the independent sector but then just look at actual professors and and those that are are actually raising and teaching and leading um Mm. our young people it is again still a minority Mm. that are being represented here and actually if we look at black history month the entire point is about saluting our sisters which is actually celebrating those in music in entertainment Mm in education, in sport, you know, all of in politics who who are who are having to who who have campaigned tirelessly active are activists and have paved a way in the way that you said your mum has um, and continue to do. And, And so I'm really, really pleased that that this is a mandate and this is the theme for this month. But Actually, it should be the theme for every month, yeah. every month of the year. We should continue <laughs> to yeah. salute our sisters and 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 our brothers as well. I am going to say that too. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I quite agree with you. Yeah, I think it's just not one month. It is a twelve months a year thing. Yeah, it, and it really should be. And Simon, mm. to kind of go back to your question there as well, I think what's what's really important is that within our school communities, you know, in the independent sector, is that people are within the teams not just tick boxing oh mm. it's black history oh, yeah. month let's just let's just quickly pull out a display yeah let's just have a quick conversation make sure we've got that in our lesson plan for october actually no this is this is much bigger and much broader than that uh, and 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 I would hope that there are advocacy and people advocating that that it isn't just a tick box exercise mm. um, and that we're not just rolling out um, you know our, our, our black workforce the minority yeah. mm. to have mm. these conversations exactly. at this tiny yeah. small window of a 12 month year mm. Mm. um it, it needs to be from the grassroots and throughout i can i can almost feel people nodding while they're listening to this right now and hearing you <laughs> both speak so i'm sure people are 100 percent in agreement with you both there um i i, I just remember one time having uh, i was at a an independent school in the midlands i won't say which school it was it's irrelevant actually uh, and I was chatting with somebody over lunch uh, who was black. She was a new member of staff. And she said that she very nearly didn't join the school because looking on the school's website and when she came in for her interviews, 
she didn't she didn't see any people of color in the teaching staff or the senior leadership team mm. and she was concerned mm. that being in the minority that should be uh, pushed off to one side a little bit you know she it, it caused a level of concern she did end up taking mm. the job she mm-hmm. was very happy working there just to clarify all of that uh, and everything worked out great but it was interesting that she very nearly didn't take that job she nearly you know the school nearly yeah. missed out on recruiting yeah. her because of the way that it was presenting itself to the outside world, not just in its marketing, but in, mm-hmm. in reality, because there weren't many black people in the senior leadership team or throughout the whole school. Yeah, 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 yeah I, can, I can sort of believe that. But I think that, you know, someone's always got to be the first. And, you know, my advocate is that if you've got the skills, you've got you can do the job. Why not? You know, you have to everybody. You always have to be the first. And, and sometimes it's not a bad thing being the first, you know. And changing people, other people's mindsets. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And those perceptions. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That's really good. Now, we also have Chanel Root with us here. Uh, Chanel is from Crossfield School in Reading. So a similar part of the world to Susan's school in Caversham, which is also in Reading. Chanel, hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very good indeed. Thanks. I'm very good. And it's good to good. have you with us. Really looking forward to talking to you as well as Sabrina and Susan. Um, now, let's just jump into it for a second. Tell me a little bit about Crossfields, how long you've been there for and, and, and what the school is like as well. So I started uh, just under five years ago at Crossfield School. It's, it's a very big school, actually. So when I first started, we've just recently opened our uh, secondary school. So the senior school up to 16. And um, when I first started at Crossfields, I was the marketing and admissions assistant. And it was just expanding that the knowledge of our senior school opening. Um, when it first started or first opened in the early 50s it was an all-boys school a pre-prep school and then it went co-educational in 2007 so then the next step was to open up to 16 um and it's just yeah it's been i've been feel like i've been on this journey with the school now and just really getting to learn uh, all of the different areas because I never worked in education before I came here. Um, so it's, it was really an eye opener. Um, I feel like I hadn't been in education since I was in education myself. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, but it's a very, very interesting, very open, big community, um, a really special spiritual vibe. Um, and it's very inclusive, which I think uh, what pulled me into the role um, when I came for interview. And of course, here we are in Black History Month. Is, is, is this something that the school embraces where you are as well? Yes, yeah, we um, we celebrate Black History Month within the school, um, uh, obviously as much as possible. Um, so the children have different area displays in the school, just highlighting um, different people in history. Um, in the curriculum classes, the teachers will try uh, to highlight different black history, historical moments relevant to the subject. Uh, we've got some beautiful displays that have been done by various areas of the school that the children can appreciate. So yeah, it's 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 lovely to see the whole month being dedicated to this area, um, which is exciting um, for the children. I think because we have a very diverse community in the in the pupils um, at Crossfields, so it's nice for them. I think to see something that they they can relate to in some sort of way. It's interesting that you say that the pupils are really quite diverse because you know mm. uh, one of the things that uh, Susan was saying 
about Queen Anne's is that it is less diverse there, uh, which is which is interesting given that you're both in a similar part of the country. Yes. Yeah, so where we're actually located, we're not so uh, we're just outside the town centre and we have uh, some business parks surrounding our school. Um, so we have quite a um, broad, uh, diverse intake from those businesses so we have businesses like Hawaii or Aramco um, and just the area as well that we're in um, early and lower early um, has a very diverse community as well in the area so I think we reflect our wider community in that sense. Sure. And of course, early, uh, just for people listening, early is an area on the edge of Reading, isn't it? That's quite close to the M4. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yes. So we're based in Shinfield um, and we're literally just next door to early. So Queen Anne's is literally on the other side of Reading town centre to us. So I don't know. I guess it's just their areas, diversification is different to our side of the Reading. Um, yes. Yeah. Which is, yeah, interesting, just one side of the town to the other, the difference that that has on its intake. <laughs> and then, of course, we had Sabrina and Susan's uh, role models. Who who would you say your role models would be then? I actually really struggle with this question um, because I don't feel like I have role models in that sense. Um, so I've always had a passion for vintage things and lifestyle and time of past so I love um, anything from the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and I think for me those moments in time are inspirational to me rather than people. Obviously people are involved in those moments but I think it's more the feeling you get from those situations so I I love the kind of community sense um, that was so big in the 40s and the 50s and how just having access to your neighbours and your community and having that helping hand and how you knew each other so well and just how much people took so much more time and care into the manufacturing of things. You know, I think for me, that's important, um, knowing where your stuff has come from and appreciating the process that it's gone through. So it's difficult with pinpointing it to one person. Um, Obviously, there's loads of amazing people in this world. But at the same time, we're all human, you know, uh, people have ups and downs. Um, so it's, yeah, that's a difficult question for me. <laughs> but it is really interesting that, that you point to the 40s and 50s, because, I mean, in many ways, there, there was a level of racism, it, certainly in the UK, which was considered to be acceptable. Yes, yes, massively so. Um, obviously, I love uh, vintage lifestyle, but definitely not vintage values, if mm. we should say it that way, because mm. it's it's not just the racism, obviously, um, gender equality, you know, obviously that was very different in those times. Mm. So it's difficult because I'm, I'm actually mixed race. So my, my father's heritage is Polish. Um, so again, the 40s with World War II, uh, you know, my Polish heritage took a massive hit in that moment as well and would have gone through a lot of um, racial issues in that situation. And uh, my great-grandparents came over during World War II to England. So, you know, it's, it's a difficult one because I think there's a lot of areas that are still relevant now that's happened then. But 
I think there was that sense of community in that everyone kind of knew who each other were and they took that into consideration, I think, before, obviously with this exception, but before the racism was at your forefront, community came first at the end Mm. of the day. Um, And I feel like we've lost that a bit over time. I think during COVID that definitely came back a bit, but I think that's our biggest issue when it comes to um, racism is just not having the knowledge, you know, of being able or feeling worried that you're going to potentially say the wrong thing or something so and so you just avoid that conversation. Mm. Um, And then I think that's how communities then break down, you know, and I think we just need to be more open um, to conversation and see people as humans rather Mm. than races. I, I, I love the way that you've spun that around. Uh, I think it's a great way of looking at it. And, and I also love the way that you're looking at the positives of the 40s and 50s as, as opposed to looking at some of the negative. Because I imagine that in every era in history and, and mm-hmm. today, of course, that there are positives and negatives. And, uh, you know, I think I, I think that if the, if the whole world just focused on positives instead of the negatives mm-hmm. uh, with, without being naive, then um, then the world would be a much better place. Definitely. Um, Chanel, tell me something about the AMKIS Awards, because I understand that you won one of the categories in the 2023 Impact Awards. Is that right? Yes, we did. We submitted uh, for the small budget category. Um, So we started an initiative uh, for children that we basically had sent out an offer after the admissions process of being assessed um, and we were waiting the response. But we noticed that all of our comms were going to the parents. And I remember fondly when I was younger, uh, if you received something in the post with your name on in the letter, it was just super exciting. So we really wanted to create something that was for the child um, and we're big fans of Willy Wonka and the Charlie and Chocolate Factory. So we came up with this idea of this golden ticket and it they're really beautifully made. Um, we just designed them in-house, but we found a really good printing company, got some really nice envelopes just to make them that little bit more special. And they say things like, you're exceptional, um, congratulations, uh, you're part. And it just gives a few more points on the back with a QR code of what to expect when you join the community. And yeah, it was just another layer of adding that excitement for the child of potentially coming into our community and enjoying the journey with us. So yeah, that was uh, very, very exciting um, when we won the award. We weren't expecting to be accepted into that. So it was, yeah, very exciting. Again, a new whole experience for myself. Never been to anything like that before. So it was very exciting. Awesome. Well, congratulations for that. Uh, Will you be coming along to the AMKIS IAPS conference uh, at the start of next year? Yes, yes, we will definitely be there. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. Well, look, Chanel, I'm keeping an eye on time. We're going to need to bring this to a close. But first of all, jumping back to Sabrina and Susan, thank you both very much for your time being here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure. And Chanel, it's been great talking to you as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a really great experience. So that was Chanel, Susan and Sabrina talking us today, coming from their own schools to share their thoughts. What a privilege it was to talk to them. And I hope you feel the same way having heard from them all too. A big thank you to them. 
Just a reminder, AMCIS is the Association for Admissions, Marketing and Communications in Independent Schools. For more information on AMCIS, just visit amcis.co.uk. That's amcis.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.